0: The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution
1: will be live. Hello, everyone, boys and girls. Um, This is Jesse Humphrey. This is After the Gig. This is going to be a short one today. it has been a lot going on in the world, obviously, Um, but I thought I would come on here... And just share a couple things. So when I was, um, and it's regarding the the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. So when I was at Berkeley many years ago, I took a um, I took a class with Mr. Bill Banfield, and it was African American studies, mostly um, in the music industry, or as he called it, Black studies. And he wrote a book called Black Notes, which was, um, our textbook for that year. And what the book, and I'll leave a link for it in the description of the episode, but, um, I think it's a really, really great and really complete, um, recollection and writing of, uh, of the history of black music. So if you want to educate yourself on that kind of, uh, on, on black music and where it came from and how it evolved. And, um, in America, I should be specific where gospel music came from, where blues music came from, where rock and roll came from, where rap came from, where, you know, all this stuff. If you want to check it out, it's called black notes and it's by, uh, William Banfield, Bill Banfield. So, I thought I'd share a little bit of it, just to kind of show how long this has been going on. And he writes about it very, you know, it's very it's very matter of fact. It's just like, here, here it is, here's the information, but here's one of the excerpts from it. Black music is a spirit. It rode upon the souls of black singers, dancers, and musicians trying to find the way home. Then that spirit opened itself up to all people who could be moved by its creative forces. So, I mean, I for one am a lover of all types of music, but specifically black music. I love, you know, I played a song uh what's going on by Marvin Gaye, love Donny Hathaway, James Brown, Little Richard, um Chuck Berry, you know, you love these you love these artists and these musicians. And it just shows you the power that um, the creative arts, music, has towards movements. Along with the protests, and along with getting uh, justice for these needless murders, and uh, you know, al- along with sending these bad cops to jail and-, and convicting them, we need to lift up the artists and the culture of, uh, something that's been stolen by white people for so long. You know, uh, people that think that Elvis is the king of rock and roll are, are extremely misguided and, and wrong. Um, a lot of these artists, these black artists back in the day when rock and roll was being created, you know, it came from, the, the slaves and gospel hymns, and then it moved its way up the, del- the Delta to blues, and then eventually mixed in with some other music and, and became rock and roll. and And it was easier for the record companies to sell rock and roll because they knew how good it was to sell it from a white artist. It was stolen. And a lot of people don't realize that history. And this book, for sure, encapsulates that that history and, um, and tells you exactly, exactly what was going on. Um, read a couple more things here. And I mean, if you don't have, if you don't have a knowledge or history of black music, just look at your record collection or look at your iPhone. It's all over the place. Quincy Jones. This is a quote. There's a couple quotes here. This is from the autobiography of Quincy Jones. I wanted to be just like them, independent, dignified, proud, and fun, popular, self-reliant and cool jazz, gave black men and women dignity and women dignity. Here's Dr. Bernice Johnson Reagan, and without any real conscious work, this was definitely the way I saw music working in the civil rights movement, especially how music addresses how you go forward when you're terrified or facing real physical danger. It never stopped a bullet, but music kept you from being paralyzed. It kept you moving. It's amazing that we still, we've, we've uh, come so far, but accomplished so little. Um, from Wynton Marsalis. Black artists should be addressing the world in terms of black cultural asc- uh, ascendancy, not pulling it down with values of demise and destruction. So it just goes to show you that you know these people who we, who we all know who've contributed so much to our society—they're um, not overall getting the credit that they deserve. How important they have been to the culture of this country, and um, and how powerful their words have affected us. They've just quietly gone about their business and, and accomplished so much as far as changing, the, not just for themselves, but for humanity. So that's, those are a couple quotes. I'm just gonna pick through this a little bit. Sorry. I don't know why I put a thing there. I think I put that on the wrong page, which is a bummer because. Oh, okay. Um. So, if you didn't know, um, when there were slaves in this country, they had spirituals. So, the spirituals are a body of slave religious songs created by plantation blacks who fused Western European harmonies and forms with pre-existing West African songs. Um, modalities and practices, making an African American slave church tradition. So it's these molding and blending of all these different rhythms um, from home and, and um, you know, working on the plantations and things just fused and they created this culture in America, which eventually became soul and R&B and very important start to Uh, the culture in America. It's just, it's an incredibly important thing to remember for respect for where this music all came from. Uh, The blues. The blues, in short, is a music form and style of playing that evolved out of the spiritual and slave haulers and can be thought of as plantation and black rural songs taken on the road to the streets. Um, The blues are song poetry concerned with common experience and instrumentally driven by a sole non-specialist folk singer on the banjo, guitar, which extends later to piano, horns, and eventually ensembles. This is common country black folk music, but the most salient point of the blues is how it sounds and how it functions to give a deep down real feeling about experiences in the world. Um, and they're usually pretty troubling, um, but always meant to be uplifting. So there's always high good spirit and it's usually uplifting. Um, so I would employ you all listeners to after the gig to educate yourselves on, um, the music that you listen to and where it came from. Um, if you're an Elvis fan, you're definitely a Chuck Berry fan. So, I mean, just remember where, where, uh, things came from and the respect that, um, black people and the respect that they all deserve. Um, I don't agree with, with, uh, tearing down history. I think that if you, you know, like Winston Churchill said, if you don't remember your history, you are condemned to repeat it. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how he said it. (laughs) Um, But the best thing we can do is try to educate ourselves and make it better, make it better going forward. That's what I think. Um, Barry wrote a really wonderful, well-thought uh, well-thought-out response from Carbon Leaf and um, made a very nice, poignant, well-thought-out, well-worded uh, post. And I just recently, yeah, either yesterday or two days ago, went into uh, the Carbon Leaf Instagram account and to read some of the unread messages. And, and I was like, I just don't, I don't get when somebody comments and says, you know, thank you for writing this thing, but I think this one thing was off the mark and they go through the whole thing and they like try to, it's almost like they're trying to cancel you because you didn't say something that like was exactly how it was supposed to be in their mind. We're all different. We all think of things in different ways and there's a right and a wrong way. And there was nothing in that post that I disagreed with. And um, if you want, to formulate your own opinion and post your own post, even though you might not have as big of a platform, you can still do it, post it the way that you want, you know, say that you, uh, you know, here's, here's something that they said, which was interesting. And then, um, and expand on it, share it and expand on it. You know, people were, I read a couple of things that they were disappointed that we weren't doing more to speak out with our platform. Like, I'm sorry, but, Uh, everybody is listening and learning here and we want justice and um, all of our heads are in the right place. And I don't think anything good happens when you try to police the people that are trying to do the right thing and are using a bigger platform to do something like here, I'm saying this, i you know, I read, I read this book of a class that I took when I was in college. And that, that meant a lot to me um, because I hope that maybe someone that's listening didn't understand that that's where that music came from, you know, maybe they didn't realize the history of it because it wasn't taught well enough in their music class, um, or in their history classes. These things shouldn't be just taught in, in February every year. It should be year round in the curriculum, uh, taught to everyone rather than just one month out of the year should be Integrated into our everyday learnings of history is uh, when these things, when uh, about black music, black history, um, it should be it should be there. I don't know. These are just my thoughts that are popping out of my head, but um, yeah, I mean, artists should be getting out there and writing songs with poignant lyrics that support the movement. You know that that is going to speak volumes if you have. You know, you have people like LeBron James speaking out and other artists creating songs, um, you know, because that's what they that's what they did then that made a real difference. And, uh, you know, along with the protests that need to be consistent and keep going and have advocates and allies and all this stuff. So just uh, do your best. Just do your best. I'm not going to read too much into that stuff, but like, you know, I don't think whoever's thinking of posting a black square is going to, is going to do, is going to do a lot. Okay. I understand the meaning behind it. I understand that it's, it's a, it's a nice gesture. Um, but I think the time to be silent and is, is, has way passed. um, I think all the efforts should be in the legal team to put that dude away for the rest of his life um, and make sure that there is, we go through the police departments with a fine tooth comb and, you know, someone that has, someone that has uh, um, counts and complaints against them should not be on the streets making arrests, being around people like something bad is bound to happen. And it's awful, awful. So yeah, I just, um, it's hard. I, I definitely stand in support of the black lives matter movement. And, um, you know, and if you don't realize that, that the kneeling for the NFL games was against police brutality and you thought it was against the military, or the flag, then you're just, you're just ignorant you just don't You just don't want to help. You don't want to educate yourself. You don't want to care. You want to do the same thing you do every single day, and you don't want other people's problems to affect you. You want to be able to watch the football game and have it be exactly how you want to see it, and uh, you don't care. But there's other people in this world, and they're going through some serious shit. That's what matters right now. And that's what you need to understand. I think that Drew Brees walking back, his comments was a bunch of bullshit. I think that video was a bunch of bullshit. He got some crap from his teammates and you don't, I mean, they've been doing, they've been doing the kneeling for years. He, the fact that it took you two, however many years they've been doing it, two, three years to, uh, to realize what it was about. And it happened in a day after you posted something, and you got some ridiculous backlash you're, you're a clown. You're such a clown. If you don't realize that that's what it's about. I see people, even in my own family, posting things about like, Hey, um, you know, if they're going to kneel, I'm going to boycott the NFL again, blah, 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 blah. It's like, grow up. So selfish. It's, it's so disgusting. It's so selfish. And, uh, I don't, I don't know how you reach these people. I don't. I really don't because they don't want to learn. They don't want to get outside their comfort zone. They don't want to look at any other, um, they want any feathers ruffled. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's, uh, it's silly. It's really silly. And, you know, uh, somebody made a point about working with, um, doing a better job of working with, uh, black club promoters and club owners and finding, uh, black opening slots, uh, uh, black, um, artists to open for, for bands like, for bands like carbon leaf. And, you know, I do the best to find some talent to, to bring up to, to Barry or, or to Jordan to see what's, you know, who, who would make sense in this, in this art, in this uh, place. A lot of times it's because it's either the type of music or it's whoever we can find, or it's whoever the club finds last minute. Um, so there's lots of reasons for that. And it's not, none of them are excuses. And I've, I've never really even thought of it this way. And I guess that comment has kind of far, forced me to think about, you know, who are the black, club owners and, and the agents. I mean, we have a booking agent that we would never get get rid of based off of, off of that. Um, I don't know, I'm going to do some thinking about it. The best thing that I could do is, is do some research and find some, some, um, African American or black artists that would want to open for us that would be qualified to open for us. So, um, I don't know, I haven't received any emails from them. I haven't, I haven't, it's not something that we go out and look for. Um, a lot of it comes to us and if it makes sense, it makes sense, but it's something that I will be conscious of from now on. And I'm sure you're taking that as a win. If whoever commented that, um, posted it and maybe it is, but it's not a win for you. I think it's a win for the black community and you just brought it to my attention. So I will do a better job of that. And I'm going to be going through this book a lot, you know, just to brush up on some of the history of uh, black music and what we can do better. And that's really all I got. Um, I hope I hope I'm not offending anyone or didn't offend anybody, but, you know, I'm sure I did in this day and age. Everyone wants to find some little snippet or some little piece of a larger idea that they want to have a problem with. Let me remind you, people that comment because you're mad at us for not doing specifically specifically what you think we should be doing, it takes an incredible amount of courage to come out and say anything that you believe in because when one person takes something the wrong way in this culture we're in this cancel culture, you can lose everything. It takes an awful lot in any profession to say anything about anything. People will use, uh, your opinion to tear you down, but they'll also use their opinions as a shield as it's just their opinion. Um, But when it's useful for you to get rid of somebody that you don't agree with, then that opinion becomes gospel. And if it snowballs, it can really go badly for you and the rest of your life in this culture that we're in. Alienating yourself from your friends, your own family, your constituents, it can really go both ways. Or losing your livelihood, which... I'm pretty sure people will fight pretty hard for, and if not saying something is gonna make sure that they continue to live uh, prosperously in this world, then that's probably the route they're gonna take. Um, and the fact that we've said something, I continue to say stuff, um, advocating for Black Lives Matter. Doesn't uh, I mean the fact that we that that anyone can even judge. Us on on the specific things that we do say Um, When you're on the same team (laughs) Like then you're not doing your part to contribute to the solution. You're contributing to the problem But you know and you see it all around Facebook people just policing each other and uh, Being being bullies liberal bullies It's just uh, it's gross. It's gross to see um, you know if you have a problem with something and you decide to, you know, the comments are there for a reason, but if it's like someone you know and you go out, out, you go and comment in front of like everyone that can see it and go have this crazy long argument about one stupid thing in your in your feed, how like one word that you said uh, didn't exactly line up with, with how you should be doing this or how it should be done. Like how, how the fuck should it be done? What What makes... Any person on Facebook the authority of how you should protest or how you should um, uh, voice your opinion, like get the fuck out of here. Seriously. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. The most cool people are the ones that say, uh, comment on an artist's post that says they support Black Lives Matter, and they go, well, you just lost a fan. You just lost a fan. Those are the best kinds of people. That actually happened to Brian Dunn the other day. Long story short, support Black Lives Matter and make sure that these people are getting justice and they don't have to leave their houses with with being scared for their lives when they go and just do normal shit. It's crazy. Um, so beyond that, in music news, um things are starting to kind of open up a little bit, um, which is a whole other thing. Remember coronavirus? Uh, I don't think we're out of the woods yet for coronavirus because I think so many things have changed it. And I think that, I think there's been just so many distractions around it and false information. Like I haven't seen, I haven't seen a press conference from the CDC of an update in a while. I'm sure it's been out there, but I I'm so sick of the news it's just, uh, it's just nothing but bullshit. Anyway, Ethan is starting to cry, so I have to, uh, I have to get going. But uh, I'll be live streaming tonight. It will be more than one song this time. Um, be hanging out with you guys. Eight o'clock, eight p.m. Aw, buddy. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, so eight p.m. will be, uh, I'll be live streaming. And I will see you then, uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com afterthegig after the gig. If you want to support the podcast, um, I do have, uh, an old interview from the vault that I will be releasing next week and I won't announce it until next week. So I will see you guys hopefully tonight. Enjoy the music and, uh, be nice. Just be nice.
0: Did I hear a thunder? Did I hear a break? I can't quite remember just what guided me this way. Oh, oh, oh. I stand unshaken. It's a crash of the world The pines, they often whisper They whisper, but don't tongue can tell He who drinks from the deep water May he know the depths of the well The world. Mm-hmm. May I stand and shake amidst, amidst the crash of the world, mm-hmm. Oh traveler What well, have you seen? Where the crossroads where you been, where you been I once was standing tall. Now I feel my back against the wall. But May I stand unshaken? me I miss the crash of the world. May I stand unshaken? me is a crash of the world. Oh, uh, 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 All the light when it comes to me is here once again, but I could not see. Am I the wonder as a way of sun so, Will the, the haunt of haunted, haunted, haunted By the small and shake up crash of a world yeah.
1: i